For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Iowa. Welcome to week three. Are we ready? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Um, Two home games in a row coming up. Kent State this weekend. And we've got Colorado State, but right now the focus is on the golden flashes of Kent State. That's a unique mascot, to say the least. Is it a mascot? Well, what is their mascot? I mean, it's like a bird. It is a golden eagle, actually. I'll tell you more about that coming okay. up here in a little bit. All right, so they're coming off a week one loss to Texas A&M, 41 to 10, but then in week two, a win over VMI, 60 to 10. Talk about a roller coaster with that one. I watched a good amount of the Texas A&M game, and uh, it was only 10-3 going in a half, so I mean, it was pretty close. Um, they're really opportunistic when the ball's in the air. A&M was driving there. Um, I believe it was at the end of the first half, tip ball. They were at like the I don't know, 20 yard line or something going in tip ball and opportunistic Kent state defense, which we'll talk about later, uh, took advantage in terms of the turnover, but <laughs> couldn't really turn it into points. Um, and they turned it over actually right before half when they were trying to score, go 10, 10. Um, but that game kind of broke open in the third quarter with A&M. As far as VMI, I didn't read too much into that game. I wasn't, uh, as concerned about that game as I was the A&M game. So you're thinking it could potentially look a little bit like the A&M game here uh, on Saturday. I could see that. I mean, we're like 23 and a half point favorites. Not that that really ever plays into the game, but obviously Vegas thinks that we're going to have a similar score. Well, there you go. We're like two minutes into the podcast and there's already a reason to smile, Hawkeye fans. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so I mentioned this. I mentioned that um, they're called the Golden Flashes, right? So... I being like curious was like, okay, so what does that mean for a mascot? Because it's not like, I don't know. It just, I thought maybe a a lightning bolt or like a shooting star. Well, it's funny you say that. They did actually have lightning bolts on their helmets against A&M. Okay. So gold with a gold lightning. uh, I'm about to confuse the crap out of you. Are you ready for this? We're going way back to 1923. I went down the rabbit hole when I was looking up the mascot. Okay. 1923. They were actually the silver foxes, which could be a nice name for Iowa. I was waiting on the KF reference. Catch my drift. Yep, yep, there it is. <laughs> waiting on that one. I'm okay. Um, so they were the Silver Foxes, and there's like some background there, but I won't bore you with that. Um, then in the 1920s, like later after 1923, obviously they had a contest. Um, like students. So like, similar to what we did with yeah with um, Hawkeye the Tiger Hawk yeah the Tiger Hawk I mean yeah. Um, so they had the contest, and there was a $25 prize. Dream big, right? But this is the 1920s, so I feel like that might have been like a decent amount of money, right? I, don't, I mean, is that rent for the year? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Now I'm rambling. So anyway, they had this, and they came up with the Golden Flashes. That was the winner. 
Okay, so then we're gonna skip ahead. To the so night. wait, was that just the name, or was it like? Yeah, a logo? I guess it was like the name. So instead of being the silver foxes, now they're the golden flashes. Okay. Okay. So then in 1950s, skipping ahead, um, they got a mascot, and this turned in <laughs> turned out to be um, Flasher, which um. I, the golden retriever, and he wore a cape. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen. I'm the sorry. The photo was so. Just relax. Hold on. Let me get through this. So um, that was the 1950s. Then we go down to 1974. So they had like a golden retriever until the 1974, I guess. And then they decided to have Grog. Okay. So this is this one came out of left field. If like you have to look up the picture, it's terrifying. I'm not going to say what it looks like because yeah, because it's like a little inappropriate for what it actually looks like. So anyway, look it up. Um, It's some like big blob like character from some caveman comic from the seven. I I don't know. I'm that's what I'm saying. (laughs) I'm taking you on a trip here. Yeah. So then they had that for a little bit, and I think everyone was a little confused. Apparently, the costume was like eight foot tall and like fifty pounds. That's a little and different some, than like, a golden retriever with a cape. See, and some baseball player that was from Kent State, like did like was the mascot in the grog thing. Anyway, so then they took that out because what the heck? And then they had people dressed in like golden blue like costumes, I guess, and they were on horses. So <laughs> then they had that, and then they went back to the golden retriever idea. And I don't have a date for that, but they did that. And then 1981, they had people that were kind of like dressed as superheroes, kind of. um, And they were holding like lightning bolts. So I guess that's where the lightning bolt comes in. And the names of those people were Freddy Flash, Golden Flash, Flashman, and Captain Flash. I feel like Flashman is probably a little bad. Well, what's funny is is we just watched that Office episode where they had the Flasher... (laughs) In the yes. in the um, parking lot, <laughs> that's all I can see. <laughs> Captain Flash, Freddy. Okay, so oh, then no. um, that was 1981. Then 1985, that's when the Eagle came out. So this is a trip in and of itself. Okay, um, so they had um, the tech something, some tech education club. They had built this massive egg, okay, and it took 265 <laughs> hours to build this egg. I don't know exactly how big it was. Do you know what it was made out of? A lot of different things. Honestly, it, they had listed what it was made out of, and I didn't think that was important, but I guess it is. Anyway, <laughs> a lot of different things, and then they made this actual nest, and they brought it out at the homecoming game at halftime and had the eagle come out of this giant egg, and then that's how the eagle was born to be the mascot of the golden flashes so going into the game do they have a mascot they have an eagle now well i mean going into the homecoming game were they just flash man and then, then they, they turned they the, into the eagle they were yes and it was like a a big thing you know, i feel bad for flash man he was in the homecoming parade the the egg was and so from the silver foxes all the way to the golden eagles we got there Honestly, based on that story, going from the Silver Fox to the Golden Eagle is a quicker transition than all the turns that we took to get there. Isn't it? Or they took. Grog. I don't (laughs) get that one at all. Anyway, so I fell down the rabbit hole and I just felt like this is important information to share. I wouldn't have known what a Golden Flash was. Neither did I. Well, I looked it up, but apparently they're an eagle. So there's that. So I took you down a wild road there. Quite. And we're going to get uh, into the Hawkeyes now because I just um, 
I really don't know where to go from there with the golden flashes. But before we get into our next topic, we got to throw in a little shout out to the Bales team, uh, Matt's real estate team at Ayo. Urban Acres. <laughs> um, they do just about everything, buying, selling. Um, what else, Matt? I mean, it doesn't matter if it's like a $40,000 condo or if it's a multi-million dollar acreage, if it's commercial, if it's residential, it doesn't matter. We've got six people that have the knowledge of going through something similar. And not only that, but again, we have more people. If somebody's unavailable, we got somebody that can help you. There you have it. Look up the Bales team on Google or wherever you do your searching um, or go to the Urban Acres website and click on the Bales team. Contact one of them and they can help you out. All right, Matt. We need to talk about the offense because I feel like we need a we need an Aaron Rodgers relax moment, okay? But we we got to settle down. We're two games in, okay? And I just feel like everyone's getting a little nervous about how the offense looks. So let's just talk through it. Well, I'm going to start it off by some very um, easy questions to answer. So first off, how many games have we played? Two. How many games have we won? Two. How many ranked opponents have we played? Two. And how many ranked opponents have we beaten? Two. Is there any way we could physically be better in the wins or loss column than we are right now? No, sir. No. What are we ranked? Fifth. Top five in the nation. That's pretty good. Now, again... Hayes never in the barn. But my point for saying all that is knowing where we are and knowing where our defense is and how dominant that is and how good our special teams is, not only just with like, oh, they punt it really far or, oh, they make a lot of field goals or uh, they rarely have a kick return against us or we've got a really good punt return. It's the field position that special teams plays. It's getting the ball at the 45-yard line and having our offense go in and score like what we're capable of. Like I mentioned in the recap of Iowa State, we had the one drive and we went boom, boom, boom down the field, scored a touchdown. Now, again, I bring all this up because we're sitting at 2-0, and which is as best we can, and there's a lot to improve on. So think about where we are right now and we can exponentially get better. I mean, defense can get better, special teams can get better, but everyone's talking about the offense. Of where we are, we could be 0-2 and be talking about the offense. But we're 2-0 and and knowing that we can continue to get better. Not only are we just beating uh, ranked opponents, we're beating them by double digits. And it should have been both by 17 points or more, but Iowa State scored there at the very end of the fourth quarter to make it a 10-point game. But they're multiple, they're double digit wins, multiple double digit wins against ranked opponents. So I think we all need to take a deep breath and relax, <laughs> understand that a foundation was built coming into the season. A lot of times our defense is ahead of our offense when we start the year. For whatever reason, that's just kind of how it works out. The offense continues to see more and more. We've got a lot of young guys out there seeing extended playing time for the first time, being around fans for the first time. I mean, Charlie Jones played a lot last year, but he didn't play as much on offense as he is this year. And I mean, that's just one example. I mean, you're talking about Luke Lachey seeing a lot more time, a guys on the offensive line seeing a lot more time. Hey, offensive line, Kyler Schott is back. That, see, there you go. That's a positive. 
You see those flowing locks. See, okay. So one of the things, you mentioned the word positive and one of the kind of, um, from uh, Matt's stepdad, actually, shout out to him for listening to every single episode. Oh, yeah. He said that we need to take the bad with the good because we always focus on the positive. But our rebuttal to that is it's so easy to find the negative in just about everything. You can find the bad things. I mean, whatever you're looking for, there's probably a negative thing to it, but it's a little harder to focus on and to find the good things. So that's what we're here for, to put a smile on your face on this Thursday or Friday morning or Saturday morning, whenever you're listening to this podcast. So you know, hey, we're fifth in the nation. Hey, our offense can only go up and that's what it's looking like it's going to do. Okay. Go for it. I mean, like I had to throw that in there. Yeah. I mean, we're getting a senior leader back in Kyler Not to shot. like, you know, shout out Mark, but also. <laughs> no, it's all good. It, it's just part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, again, there are negatives with the positives, but the coaches are over there talking about it. We all know that 26 yards in the second half against Iowa State isn't great. We understand that. But we also understand that we're still beating teams by double digits. And so if we have two out of three phases that are exceptional, that means that as the one other phase continues to grow, it just talks about what the team can do. We just got to get there. And it's being more consistent. I think that's part of it. Being more consistent is going to take this offense to the next level. And I got no doubt that by the end of the season, it's going to be a very different offense than what we're looking at right now. It kind of reminds me, honestly, of every other Iowa team too, but specifically of 2015 sort of kind of just because i felt like none of our wins were super flashy none in terms of the outside of north texas where we won like 63 to 10 or whatever it was but outside of that everything was like a touchdown or maybe 10 points but you got it done and that's all everyone remembers you don't remember the flashy plays by the offense i mean you remember the the i also played so i remember a lot of the plays (laughs) (laughs) i'm not talking about you specifically (laughs) um but we got it done and that's kind of just some hard-nosed Iowa football. We're not going to be flashy. We're going to run the ball a lot. That's just kind of the way they play it. We should all expect this by now, but still we're surprised. Okay. One other thing to add to that is consistently a KF coach team plays hard. It might not always show up at the, show up at the stat book, but they're going to go out and do their job, i.e. unsung hero. None of that stuff goes on the uh, on the stat sheet. Ryan Gersande Last week, not, not going on the stat sheet. Two carries for eight yards, Monte Potterbaum. But his mullet, not going on the stat sheet. <laughs> See, the neck roll isn't on the stat sheet. Should be. <laughs> Should be. But numbers never say the full thing. And if we're beating ranked teams by 10 points or more, I think that's a good start to the season. You want to know what a good start to the day is? When you get your cheese of the month club delivered to your front door. Surprise cheese. Yes. That happened the other day. I got it. Changed my life. I got four different flavors of cheese. Four cheeses. Mm-hmm. My favorite one was the cheddar. See, you guys are like, oh, Matt, you, you were there. You probably know. No, I don't know when these cheese things come in because she hides them. Yeah. Not I... that I'm going to eat them, but she kind of acts like I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all for me. Cheese in the Month Club <laughs> from Galena River Wine and Cheese. Absolutely incredible. It exceeded my expectations. I loved every second of it. Were the cheeses that you knew of? No, they were totally new cheeses. Never heard of them. How have you not heard of cheeses? I know, (laughs) but they were so good. I literally, I told my sister, I said, hey, listen to this um, new sponsor for the podcast that we got. And she's like, that is the perfect sponsor for you. (laughs) Cheese of the Month Club. It's amazing. So um, if you guys are interested in getting a a little piece of the cheese pie... 
cheese round. Doesn't matter. Um, Galena oh, River boy. Wine and Cheese. Dot com. You got to go check out what they've got for their wine, cheese selection, cheese boards, gift boxes. They've got all of the things. Or if you're going to Galena, Iowa, which I think you should because it's a beautiful little town. Um, they are the first shop on the right as you're driving into the floodgates of Galena. Go check them out. Galena River Wine and Cheese. So back to what we do before every game in our previews. Um, Matt, three keys to win the game against the Silver Foxes, uh, Flash, Golden Retrievers, Grogs. You almost have to stutter your way through it because there's so many different <laughs> ones. a lot happening. And the Golden Retrievers again, and then the superheroes, and then so the Golden Flashes, and also the <laughs> Eagles. Uh, what are the three keys to beating this team? I'd say so. Number one, um, I think we got to get Spencer in rhythm. I think we. I mean, obviously, I think it's a get right game for our offense. I think we're getting Kyler shot back. I think uh, now we're going to have a little more experience on the offensive line, uh, being able to block for Tyler Goodson, have Monte Potterbaum uh, leading the way. Um, you know, I see us kind of going back to some Iowa football on this. But I think what can help, things that can help benefit Spencer, um, you know, I talked about that one drive. I'm going back to that one drive because that is kind of the epitome of what we can do. We we made our way down there, scored. Um, but it, when, when Spencer throws in rhythm, it's really good. One thing that I haven't seen as much this year um, is kind of like the, the kind of like bubble screens, hmm. kind of like the, the it's just a quick lateral ball. Boom, balls out. And Didn't you catch a lot of those? I Yeah. Yeah, Riley, myself, um, and I think E's caught quite a few when he was there. I mean, it was we called it an extension of the run game mm-hmm. because all you're really looking for is like three or four yards. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, we want to score because <laughs> we got the ball in our hands, but you're looking at a run play, so you can do it on first and ten, second and ten, or first and ten, second and seven, whatever it is. You want three or four yards, just like if you were to run the ball and whatever. And I think that can help get Spencer in rhythm. Their will seems to sit a little more inside. He doesn't like to walk as much. And what we mean by that is the will typically, from what I've seen, um, is the outside linebacker to the weak side. And he likes to sit more in the box to be ready for any run plays, which means that the safety over top of the slot receiver is usually 9 to 10 yards off. And then the outside receiver has a guy that's 5 to 6 yards. Usually it's a cloud corner. What we call a cloud corner is just somebody who's going to stay in the flat. So um, usually that will is tucked inside. And if you can do that, the I hope our slot receivers can outrun their linebacker on a quick out and then get three or four yards before the safety gets them or whatever it is, as long as we get a decent block on the outside. So I wouldn't be surprised if we tried to get Spencer kind of more in rhythm, quick passes, using an extension of the run game to then bring the run game. Mm. You know, I mean, we uh, KF talks about all the time, complimentary football. And that's not just offense to defense to special teams. It's the pass game to the run game to the play action game to all those kind of nuances. You know, when you decide to take shots later or deep balls or whatever it is, they all come together. So that's kind of like my first key. It's a get right game for the offense, being able to go out there and just do what you do. You don't mm-hmm. got to do anything crazy. Just go play Iowa football. Well, when you were listing the names there in the very beginning, when you started talking about that, um, Kyler Schott being back, um, you got Goodson and um, Potabom and Petrus, and you're just naming all of these like really great pieces. It's just kind of we're all just waiting for that to really come together and start to play as like a super cohesive, like dominant unit. Like I think we all know they can. For sure. 
Like, I think we all know they can. Okay, second key to the game. Give it to me. Defense, continue to stay dominant, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but also be opportunistic. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we're sitting at six interceptions. Actually, Kent State leads the nation with eight interceptions through the first two games. Um, So on offense, I mean, we still obviously need to take care of the football. But defense, continuing to stay dominant and knowing that there's going to be opportunities. They don't throw the ball exceptionally well, Kent Mm -hmm. State. They had... You looked it up. They had like 500-some rushing yards last game. Yeah, almost. Almost 500. <laughs> I mean, and against a and I think they only threw for like 170 yards or something like that. They're not barn burners when it comes to slinging the ball around the field, which, I mean, RDBs have been ball hawks. But um, if they're going to try and run it down us, down like down at our linebackers, at Seth Benson and Jack Campbell, um, I'll be very interested to see what they do. They also run a lot of RPOs, which um, for those unfamiliar, it's a run pass option. So basically they're doing a run play and he's going to read, the quarterback is going to read like a linebacker. And however that linebacker plays this particular thing, he might hand it off if the linebacker is going to stay back a little bit, or he might pull it and try and throw a quick slant. Minnesota does this a lot. Um, but it, it's kind of an interesting wrinkle that Kent State did at least a decent amount against Texas A&M. So being opportunistic and knowing that they're going to run it, we need to be dominant up front like we can, like we have been so far this season. So basically, again, go play Iowa football. Go do what you do. Ball hawk. Get after them. So kind of coming off of that, like, RPO situation that you were talking about, the quarterback was actually first team all-Mac conference and has 6.8 yards per carry averages 6.8 yards per carry um and then through two interceptions versus a&m so he runs the ball too which we've talked about that we talked about that with brock purdy which and he only heard us like once or twice right. and then that was it so i think we've got that unlock <laughs> it's just understanding that uh, again you, like you said two interceptions against a&m there's going to be opportunities and if we go out there and play that i think we're going to play they're going to be behind most teams don't run when they're down. <laughs> they try to throw to get back in the game. So being opportunistic on that side as well. I think Saturday is going to be fun based on those two keys to the game. <laughs> I think it will be too. Okay, third one. Hit me with it. So going to the third key, I kind of bounced around like what I felt this should be. Um, but, you know, people are talking about people on Twitter, people in the media, whatever it is, talking about this, that, the other thing, offense, blank, Petrus, blank, whatever. Did you see the picture of Spencer Petrus and the team after they beat Iowa State? Yeah, they looked like they were having the time of their lives. The time of (laughs) their lives. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't get to play college football for the rest of your life. You don't. You only get 12 guaranteed opportunities when you go out there. I say it all the time because KF says it all the time because it's true. That's it. And you got to have fun. Yeah, it looks like they're having fun. You got to have fun. You have to continue to have fun. It, it, I really don't care what anybody else has to say in terms of critiquing or whatever it is while you're playing because you're not in the building, right? It's I'm going out there to do the best I can. Spencer's not going out there thinking, oh, I kind of feel like being bad today. Like that <laughs> never crosses anybody's mind because everybody in the building is like, I'm going to go out there and do what I can at the best of my ability and we'll just see what happens. Mm-hmm. because that's all you can do. So I think the third key, go out and have fun because that's what dominant teams do. 2015, we had a blast. And like you said, we didn't blow anybody out. We weren't going crazy. 
but we just had fun. And we knew that each other had each other's backs. And if this team goes out there and has fun, this team will become a scary team very quickly. And you know what? Part of the team having a good time has to do with the fans, too. And I have to say, being in Kinnick Stadium for that very first game, they had a fantastic electric atmosphere. Absolutely. Another 2.30 game coming up on Saturday. It's the gold out. Make sure you're wearing your gold. If you have any questions on what you're supposed to be wearing and blah, 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 go to HawkeyeSports.com slash game day. I've got that on lock. <laughs> and let's have some fun on Saturday. I'm excited. It's going to be a hot one. It's shocking. I feel like the first game is usually the hot one, and actually the weather was pretty nice, but the second home game, it's going to be like 90 degrees, so. So hydrate. Yeah, hydrate in the only way you know how. Water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Saturday, 2.30, taking on Kent State, third game of the year, hoping for a third W in that column. Let's do it. Let's roll. Go Hawks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.